Welcome to Manager Tools Podcast for Monday, February 12th, 2007. Handling peer conflict when your directs are involved, part two of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and on behalf of Mark and I, welcome back to Manager Tools. Hey, if you're new to Manager Tools, it's pretty simple what we do here. We focus here each week on simple things you could do to improve your management effectiveness. That's it. No music, no comedy, just simple management advice. I'm leaving here shortly to get on a train to go work with a client, so I'm going to make this brief, and that's it. Here we go with part two of our series on managing conflict when your peers are involved. Enjoy. Well, I wasn't talking about high S, high D type of stuff. I was thinking about something more straightforward. I I remember seeing an email, one of my, uh, I hate to say it, one of my subordinates said, sent to one of my peers that started with, if you were an effective manager, you would. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that, yeah. (laughs) You know what? You know what? That's the kind of thing that Dilbert would, would satirize by the response being, if you worked here anymore. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, uh, okay. So no subtlety there. Right, exactly. Um, so, look, get, uh, I'll give you a good example. People say I need it on Friday. I, I, I don't set deadlines of Friday. What, what time on Friday? Friday at 2 o'clock, Friday at 10 o'clock. Um, uh, what time of day was it? Not just the day of the week, but what time of the day was it that whatever happened? How many business hours? Business hours between ask and response. If you need it Monday and you go home at 5.30 and, and it gets sent to you at Tuesday at 6 a.m., there, there, there's a case to be made um, that that's not unforgivable. Um, but people get upset about it and then build that into a little maelstrom of anger and, and you get sucked into it and you, you've got to focus on the work. Um you know, if your if your peer is sending emails to your to your directs, look at those mails. Uh, you may find that they're absolutely blameless. You don't know. Now, I, I want to make a, a key point here. We're not trying to play who shot John. We're not trying to figure out who was to blame. We believe that our direct is frustrated. We know at the same time, however, that we cannot go to our peer with nothing but our subordinates' frustrations. We must go talk to our peer about work, about effectiveness about what we're doing and what we're paid to do and how we can do it better. Okay? So we're, that's the reason we're focusing on this stuff. We're not, we, may, we may choose not to talk to our peer because we don't have the data, but that doesn't mean we don't feel badly for our subordinate. Good. Okay. Okay, number four. So Turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. Look, unless you're willing to do something about it, there's no value in getting upset at a peer because they're a jerk. There's none because that takes you off of your game. Um, that, that reminds me, I remember the, a friend of mine played volleyball internationally and he went down to South America. This was in the early eighties and all the fans used these weird high pitched whistles, which the Venezuelan team or the Brazilian team had been practicing with in their gym for months and months and months and basically distracted the American team and they didn't, they, they lost, uh, and they had never lost internationally. I don't think is my, my recollection. Um, you know, there's no, if you're going to allow somebody to modify your behavior because you're angry or frustrated or off your game, that's not how professionals behave. Um, here's another way of thinking about it. 
your peer's problem has nothing to do with you. People who behave unprofessionally never do something because of you. They do it because they want to. Okay, Sure, sometimes they mean to attack you or direct. I'm not saying that's not true. But even then, you are not responsible nor the cause of their behavior. They are the cause of their own behavior. So it's really easy to motivate yourself to turn the other cheek. Let them rant. Don't rise to their bait. Even if they're a loud jerk, how they behave, even if they're in your face, is still all about them. The moment you rise up to them, the moment you get into a shouting match, believe me, if there's somebody who likes to shout, they're going to be better at a shouting match than you. Than you. Yeah. Well, and you don't want your unprofessional behavior or their or that of your directs to enter into the equation. It's not, now everything you say from that point forward becomes yes. suspect. Uh, it's, exactly. It's a bad yeah. position to be in. So exactly. So you got to give the same guidance to your direct, no matter what. Even if he insults your mother. Do not speak up. And, I, and I, I'm sure this is a little bit off color, but I'll just tell it. There's a famous American movie called Roadhouse starring Patrick Swayze. He plays a bouncer in it. He's coaching other bouncers. And he said, the rule is be nice. If they get in your face, be nice. And you're supposed to be nice until he tells them not to be nice. And he says, well, wh- what if they call my mother a name? And Patrick Swayze says, well, is she? <laughs> Meaning, of course, that she's not. And why would it bother you if an idiot says something like that to you. So even if they insult you, don't speak up. Do not raise your voice. Do not respond in kind. If you can't take it without batting an eye, even if you're on the phone or you're just in an email exchange, politely hang up and, and literally say, I'm sorry, but you'll have to excuse me. Goodbye, Paul. You, you don't have to say why. You don't have to say you're irritating me. You don't have to say you're insulting me. You just say, I'm sorry, uh, but you'll have to excuse me. Goodbye. And, or just walk out of the room. Be clear with your directs. If they respond unprofessionally, you'll hold them accountable because they too are responsible for their behaviors. You don't get to blame. They don't get to. You know, we don't say Paul's responsible for his behavior, but you're not responsible for yours. Boy, that's like calling them kids, and they're not. Um, and this may be this next statement may be the most important part of this cast. Your directs never give feedback to your peers in these situations. The feedback model. <laughs> is not a golden ticket. <laughs> hey, you know, Mark's okay with me giving him feedback, and Paul's his peer, so I bet Paul is too. Yeah, no. Good, good idea. Yeah, not so much. Okay, number five. So, so number four, turn the other cheek. Number five, ask again. And, and I'm talking about a specific situation where somebody has failed to, to meet a deadline with a deliverable or a, a product or a, a document or whatever. If a deadline's been missed, just ask again. Do not use one missed deadline to justify a sharp attack on a peer. We are going into paying attention mode, but we're not going into defensive mode or attack mode. We're going into pay attention mode. And when you ask again, all you do is state the task and a new deadline. You act as if you just say, hey, I'm sorry you couldn't get it to me by last Tuesday. Um, I I still need the information. Uh, If you could have it to me by Friday at 2 o'clock, that would be great. Thanks. And you put that little sneer in your voice to make sure that, you you know, they know that they yeah. annoyed you, right? Yeah, exactly. Something along the lines of, of you know, it really would have been great if you got me by Tuesday too, but I know you couldn't, so whatever. So, you know, Friday would be great, like 2 o'clock. Thanks, bye. If you could do that for me. I mean, if you got yeah. time, that is. Yeah, if you, can, if you can fit that into your busy schedule, Mr. Crackberry, that'd be great. And the fact is that that's a little bit out there, but 
<laughs> but you'd be amazed what a high D, particularly those of you who are high S's, have high D's working for you. You'd be amazed at what they think of as being polite. Right. Um, so just, just no. be clear. I mean, yeah. It wasn't yeah. clear we were joking. <laughs> yes, we have. So good. Thank you, Mike. Good. Um, and look, don't say as soon as possible. When somebody has missed your deadline... Do not say to them as soon as possible, because that creates no, you, the purpose of a deadline is to motivate behavior. That's the only reason deadlines exist is to motivate behavior. OK. Um, uh, or, and the behavior includes a sense of urgency, obviously. As soon as possible, all it does is say, you missed my first deadline. I really still need it. Well, if you're expecting to motivate me. And I know you needed it before, and now you're saying you still need it. I, I now have no more motivation than I did before because I blew your first deadline. So you've got to give me, when I hear a specific deadline, I know as I get closer to that, I'm going to have to disappoint you again. If you say as soon as possible, I really am just sort of, I'm still, I'm just late. And I'm more late, but, you know, people don't get in trouble for being more late generally. It's just he didn't make the deadline. So give him another deadline. What we want, if you're, if you've decided that you want to drive to a confrontation, and that happens in some cases after months and months and months and repeated situations like this, if you want to drive to a confrontation, what you want is multiple missed deadlines. And that does not get, you don't get there by saying as soon as possible. Yeah. Good. I remember I told a manager that once. He said, that may be the coolest thing I've ever heard, man. I want 10 examples of their failure. I said, yeah. And as soon as possible, it doesn't get you there as fast. And he proceeded to give him deadline after deadline after deadline, and it was weeks and weeks and weeks behind. And then he he, he was very direct, and he even said, "I hammered him." And I, you know, maybe that's not the greatest word in the world, but you know, he gave him ten deadlines, and they didn't get it. Yeah. Okay, uh, those number are facts. six. Yeah, those are fa- that's exact. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as soon as possible. Well, it really wasn't possible. I've been very busy. Um, yeah, that's a judgment. And not now we're yeah judgment and opinion. Yeah, you got it. So number six, help with communications. And we've really already touched on this, but again, you'd be surprised by what some of your directs think is a good, plain, friendly, professional email or voicemail. This is an actual email. Okay. Bob, you missed the Friday deadline. When will you get this to me? That's not friendly. That's not professional. That's poking your finger in their eye. Ask your direct to let you see or have her read to you the email they're going to send asking for something. If need be, ask them to practice leaving a voicemail. And you know what? If you have a high D working for you, there's more of a motivation to get that high D to do it than maybe an I or an S if you really want some subtlety in here. Um, you know, some of, some people don't have the subtlety switch. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't move as far as with other people. Yeah. Would you would you have them even uh, practice a voicemail? Yeah. Absolutely. Say, so look, tell me how you're going to give the voicemail. And they'll say to you, what now? Yeah, just, just you know, pretend that I'm his voicemail and say say what you're going to say. How about... Um, and coach him. How about those who are really bad having them actually script it? Oh, absolutely. Word for word. And then, pra- and then say, look, script it. Take 10 minutes right now. Script it. Don't do anything else for 10 minutes. Write out a script. Practice a couple times in your head. Pick up the phone. Call me. And I'll answer. And, and, and you read it to me as if you're talking to voicemail. Wow. And, and you, you know what's funny? Uh, my, pe- people kind of poo-poo that. Management is about people. And people are uh, adults who are managers and directors and executives are aware of, even though they may not have mastered, the subtleties of communication. It is, I mean, there are people who do nothing but look at adjectives and adverbs and try to pick the best one. Um, people are aware of it. Changing one word in a sentence makes an enormous amount of difference. The idea that you don't have to stop, think, 
potentially change something in order to make it a little bit better. I, I, I think that I think what you're saying is those laws don't apply to me. Well, they do apply to you. You're just not playing by those rules. And if you don't play by those rules, you get bit sooner and more often than other people do. You're talking about spending a bit of time though on this, right? Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not afraid to spend ten or fifteen minutes getting this right. I mean, this is a peer. Now we're not assuming he or she. We're not assuming Paul's going to get promoted or I'm going to get promoted. So maybe it's going to be a couple of years. So what we want is we want to dot our I's and cross our T's in these communications when we've got a problem, so that we are as perfect as we can be. That tends to shine a harsher light on his behaviors. It makes it easier for us to motivate him to change if we're actually going to talk to him. And quite frankly, it keeps us focused on what we need to be focused on, which is getting the work done. And the more you ask people to do it the right way, if they weren't going to, you reduce your chances, you mitigate your risk. But more importantly, this this works in almost any situation, the subtleties of leaving good voicemails and so on. Uh, there are many times I've been walking through an airport, got ready to call a client back and said, wait, stop. And I actually stopped right in the middle of the airport and people bumped into me because I said, wait, don't just throw this thing off. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? What's my tone? What's my purpose? What do I want to avoid? Um, yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. Well, a little bit of extra time, you know, can yeah. save you like hours and hours yeah. of, of, of pain, of pain, and suffering. pain, you know, by reducing the or eliminating that the months of the long battles that are going to be coming up. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. uh, number seven, ask to be kept very tightly posted. And this may seem Silly to say out loud, but most folks do not think to report to their boss when something happens as it should. What will happen is they'll get something they need from the recalcitrant peer from Paul. They'll be happy. They'll get busy acting on it and then forget to let you know the storm has passed, at least for now. And then you ask your peer in passing about it and ugh, you know, you're in a mess. It is not natural to report things for most people that went as they should. You have to remind them to do so. The best way to do that, in my experience, is to ask for updates every 72 hours on what's happened, even if nothing has happened. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Number eight, if the cycle repeats twice, then it's time for you to call. Um, I, first of all, you don't call on the one. You don't call after the first one. And what I mean by the first one is, the first second deadline, right? Um, if it happens again, um, then you need to call. I found that if you, on, on the third one, in other words, you need to call. If you ask your directs to do it three times, they get very frustrated and they feel like you're delegating something that legitimately you should be handling because you're his peer, Paul's a problem, you should be able to go over and sit down and talk right. to him. At some point, it becomes an escalation and you yes, have to deal exactly. with it as one, right? Yeah, right. Um, so, in other words, we recommend you ask twice more, the direct ask twice more after the original task was dropped or the deadline was missed. You know, there are, there are exceptions based on deadlines and critical paths and so on, but we've definitely found that once it's not enough and three times is, tends to be the point at which people feel like they've been, uh, been asked to do so much. And look, when you call, per the, the tone of this whole podcast, be sweet as pie. <laughs> Paul? Just, by the way, the, the word just is, is so poorly used so often, but it, but if you eliminate from your vocabulary, generally speaking, and then you add it back at certain judicious times, it is so powerful. Um, Paul, just calling to ask for your help on Project X. We're getting behind, and I need your, doc, your documents by next Tuesday at 2 o'clock. Please call me, and let's make sure we're on the same page. Um, and then if I hadn't heard within 48 hours, 
in other words, I want him to acknowledge that, in fact, he has the ball. Um, if I hadn't heard within 48 hours, I'd do the same thing. And it would be the same message. Right. No attitude. No, no, no. attitude. No, no. I, you, you should not be able to tell that I'm calling for the fifth time, ever. Because the moment you have a little bit of an edge, he's going to want to talk about the edge, just like your subordinates want to talk about how they feel about him. Don't go there. It's about the work. It's about being a professional. And then oh. step step nine, really, is you keep a record. You know, whatever emails you have or get, file them separately. Put them in a, in a little folder. Look, if things go well, in a couple of months, you'll see them sitting there and you'll throw them away. Lucky you. If there is an ongoing problem, it doesn't resolve itself and it goes south, um, you're not gonna. Yeah, you're not gonna go to the boss with documentation, but you are probably, if in fact it goes that far, you are going to give a detailed verbal report with facts and dates and times. And Paul will not, and he will fold like fresh laundry. <laughs> uh, we don't want. We don't want to go there. Um, we're not. We're not documenting things. We're just keeping a record. Um, and I, I also think that's good training for your subordinates to see that you are. In a way, protecting them, but you're protecting them within the purview of work and accomplishments, and and uh, as opposed to, I don't like him and he doesn't like me. Yeah. That's it. Se- uh, nine steps. Uh, here I am saying seven again. Shut up about peer challenges. It, it, you know we know there exists, but don't don't validate them by talking about them in public. Filter out those opinions and emotions. Focus on the work of the task. Turn the other cheek. It's a, it's such a huge competitive advantage. Don't let yourself be dragged down into the muck. Um, uh, ask a second time. Um, so in other words, a total of three times um, before you escalate. Help your directs with their communications. Coach them a little bit. Ask them to be ask them to keep you posted. Um, and you've got two you've got two times, and then on the third one, as I said, you call and you keep a record. And and I suspect there'll be questions on the blog or on the forums about okay, what about this situation or that situation? And we're happy to hear them. Good. I imagine a lot of these same steps could be used for a lot of different forms of conflict. But yeah, oh, I, I to me, n- not only is it is that true. I, I I think the the underlying point about focusing on the work and combining that with turning the other cheek. There are a lot of people who turn the other cheek, but then want to talk about how they feel. Right. Um, it's real professionals know that we're here to get work done. Um, so, yeah, we, you, you, the, modularly speaking, you could probably take three or four of these out and apply them in many situations. I, I, in fact, some of this, some of the, the phrasing comes right out of some work I do with negotiation. Where you're sitting across the table from somebody whose interests are different than yours, but you but with whom you may have common ground, which is certainly the case with peers. Good. All right. As always, great stuff. I hope, Thanks, I hope people really put this to use. It's it's powerful stuff. Yeah, it's 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 uh, you go slow the first couple of times you do it, and then after three or four times, you go, man, I don't I don't feel like I'm putting out as many fires with my peers. Um, that, that you know that that's the the land of milk and honey, right? Manager saying, "Gosh, I went through a whole week and there wasn't a single fire." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's something to shoot for. This is uh, not. This is fantasy tools. Yeah, fantasy. <laughs> nice, good one. All right, man. We'll see you later. Thanks. Bye. Well, that's it, folks. Appreciate you listening, and hope uh, you got something valuable out of that. If you haven't been to discussions forums yet, please join us. It's at www.manager-tools.com/forums. 
And if you haven't signed up for our conference coming up in April here at the Dulles Marriott in Washington, D.C., we have a few slots left, so hurry up and sign up and, and make sure you take advantage of the early registration discount. All right, folks, have a great one, and we'll see you all next week. So long.